Welcome to Double Booked, your place for library news, book recommendations, and reading banter, hosted by WML librarians Danielle Masterson. Hello. And Erin Driscoll. Uh, we are broadcasting from the WCTV Community Television Studios in Wilmington, Massachusetts. And uh, we want to thank WCTV for allowing us uh, the use of their facility and equipment. Um, for episode 10, we are already at episode 10. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Can you believe it? I know. We are drawing inspiration from our summer reading theme this year, uh, which is Read Beyond the Beaten Path. Uh, and we'll be offering some reading recommendations, uh, but you'll b- see we've both kind of have a, have a different take yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. on, on the theme. Um, I went pretty literal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, most of my books are set in sort of out-of-the-way Outdoorsy locations. Okay. Um, I was thinking about this while we were preparing, and I realized I, I, I've been drawn to these types of books. I think since like adolescence, since like yeah, late elementary, early middle school, I realized that like a lot of our required reading were survival narratives. Weirdly, um, <laughs> The Hatchet by. Gary Paulson, Island of the Blue Dolphins by Scott O'Dell. Do you have any of these? Like, yeah, outdoors? you know, um, Lord of the Flies comes yes. to mind. Yes. Piggy, of course. Um, that one was probably, that might have been a little bit later, but I do remember Lord of the Flies. Um, Where the Red Fern Grows was outdoorsy. I, I, I think it was outdoorsy. I was more traumatized by the whole dog narrative in yes. that book, yes. but um, I think it did take place outside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they were kind of preparing us for travel mishaps. I and, think so. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I. Yeah. What were they? What did they think we were going to be up against? Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I wouldn't say that I loved that type of book at the time, but like it's definitely stuck with me and I still feel drawn to these sort of like wilderness, like survival Mm -hmm. narratives. Uh, So and I love love a mystery thriller. Um, So my first recommendation is Force of Nature uh, by Jane Harper. Mm -hmm. She is a Australian uh, crime novelist and she's very good at setting these sort of like crime stories against these like atmospheric kind of Australian backdrops like this one takes place in in the bush there's you know a lot of trees very little cell reception (laughs) like it's uh, a recipe for disaster right there Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it's her follow-up to the dry which is also an excellent uh crime novel um in which so five colleagues go on a corporate retreat into the Australian wilderness, and one woman, Alice Russell, does not come back out of the woods. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so we learn pretty quickly she was supposed to be uh, a whistleblower uh, mm-hmm. against for a, like a kind of financial case against her company. Uh, federal agent Aaron Falk um, was investigating. And so he needs to kind of figure out, like, did someone find her out? before she had a chance to to blow the whistle or did she become a victim of this has also been an area where there's been a serial killer uh of course in in Mm -hmm. the past (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it is it's just a lot of fun it's it's a bit more of a thriller i would say than the dry if people have read the dry the dry is also very good Mm -hmm. right i think i like the dry a little better but i think it's because i read it first you you don't have to read them in order to enjoy them um Mm -hmm. they are 
very loosely tied together yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. i would say but uh yeah force of nature by by jane harper it will maybe make you want to stay out of the woods which <laughs> i want to stay out of the woods anyway <laughs> yes <laughs> but it's a it's a fun book to read mm-hmm. so you had a bit of a different take on the yeah on the theme mm-hmm. well like i said i do want to stay out of the woods <laughs> so um for me i was thinking of so the summer reading theme is read beyond the beaten path And for me, my beaten path is books like what you just described. It's suspense, it's thrillers, it's police stories. Mm -hmm. Someone uh, doesn't make it out of whatever alive and they have to figure out what happened. Um, So for me, I've been trying to read beyond that beaten path. And uh, I ventured into memoirs recently. So uh, my first memoir that I wanted to recommend is by Niall DeMarco. And his book is called Death Utopia, A Memoir and a Love Letter to a Way of Life. It was uh, published this spring, and as the title suggests, it's a memoir of DeMarco's life growing up in a deaf family. He's actually um, fifth generation of deaf adults in his family, and uh, both his brothers are deaf, his mother and father, um, and different relatives that he grew up with are all deaf. Um, but what I really like about it is that it also has a lot of deaf history and information about ASL, uh, which is American Sign Language. And um, a lot of people know him as the winner of America's Next Top Model, and he also won Dancing with the Stars. Um, I've never seen either show. I found him in a YouTube video uh, showing ASL, and then I saw the book, and I was like, oh, I'm taking an American Sign Language class. Why don't I read this book? And um, I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm halfway through. Um, It's reinforcing things that I've learned in my sign language class. Um, But also just the family is really sweet. And he is, um, he's really likable. Um, One of the things I noticed was that the publisher called the book a cultural anthem, a proud and defiant song of deaf culture and a love letter to American Sign Language. And that's just a really lovely way of describing the book. Um, he, he really loves sign language and he loves being deaf and coming from this family. And um, he just has these really intense ways of describing signs. Like he talks about how to um, sign the word grief. And he, he describes it as actually taking like your heart and wringing it. And that's how they signed grief. And um, it was just a really intense way of describing it that shows like how much how much he really loves. He he doesn't see it as a disability. He sees it as the way he is. And it makes you realize that this is we're all we all have different things about us. And this makes him different. But it also um, is just it's really great. And, you know, we were saying beforehand that it's always a risk to recommend something that you're halfway through. I think I can safely (laughs) say I will still love him at the end of this book. Um, (laughs) And uh, I just think it's really great. And I think if you're not like if you if you've never really been into memoirs, it's a nice one to start off with because it kind of each chapter starts with like deaf history or sign language history and then gets into a story about his life. So it's almost like nonfiction with um with a mix of memoir and yes. uh, but it's really great i highly recommend it 
I especially love a memoir when you can gain a little insight into a, a, yeah. a community or a culture that you, you mm-hmm. are unfamiliar with. I'll yeah. definitely, that's been on my list. I, yes. unlike you, Danielle, have read, not read, watched a embarrassing amount of America's <laughs> Next Top Model. It's great background television. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought as I was talking, I was like, Erin loves that. So I was like, I bet she knows exactly who this exactly man is. Exactly who she's talking about. <laughs> Excellent. I will have yeah. to add that to my list. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So... Back to the woods. (laughs) 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 My next uh, recommendation is nonfiction. Um, It's The Stranger in the Woods, The Extraordinary Story of the Last True Hermit uh, by Michael Finkel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I just found this book to be really fascinating. It's, you know, like I said, based on a true story, um, all these kind of cabin and vacation rental owners uh, in Maine uh, started to notice kind of small things would be missing or like uh-huh. slightly askew when they came back to their, you know, cabins after a long time away, yeah. uh, leading to kind of rumors of this like North Pond hermit, they called him. Um, and he is finally apprehended, the rumors were true, um, stealing supplies from the Pine Street summer camp, Pine Tree summer camp, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. And from there, um, the Michael Finkel, the author, interviews him a, yeah. a number of times. Christopher Knight is the man. Um, they learn that he entered the Maine woods at the age of 20 in 1986, and he remained there mostly undetected, other than those rumors, <laughs> for 27 years. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, 27 years of, like, mostly solitude. And yeah. it's just just a fancy fancy it's just a fascinating i should say um book you know uh does he get into why he decided to live in the woods for that long so the author you know has a series of interviews with him and 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 really tries to figure out like yeah what is it that he you know what did Mm -hmm. he do the whole time like how did he survive and like you, you know, why did he he choose such kind of extreme solitude? Um, and, and also just kind of a question of like, you know, what what makes a good life? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, clearly for Christopher Knight, this was a, a good life. Um, and it's it's just fascinating. Um, you know, he wasn't completely he he stole a lot he was kind of a, a, a small time burglar so like <laughs> he did have i think it was like a small television that he ran by like a stolen car battery and stuff and he read tons of books like mm-hmm. he would read books and then he would line his like kind of shelter with books that he had read uh, for yeah. insulation and it just it's just a fascinating like yeah. i love um true crime and i especially love true crime not that i don't love it um true crime murder story but but i love true crime that it's not a murder (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like a little offbeat like something something different like you know he certainly was kind of a criminal he was stealing Mm -hmm. a lot of small items from people but um just just a fascinating story i highly recommend uh the stranger in the woods the Mm -hmm. extraordinary story of the last true hermit that does sound fascinating Yeah. yeah where you just kind of like wow what you know, I, I talk so much that I don't think I could be a hermit. I'm not sure <laughs> it would work for me. Yeah. But I do know people who, who do like being alone. And I it's, yeah, I think that would be really interesting to see, like, 
what happens to you after being in the woods for 27 years? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was definitely a figure who it's, it's clear he found society kind of exhausting in a way. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's funny, I, I had read this book before the pandemic, and yeah. when I read it before, not that I would ever take off to the woods and be a hermit for 27 <laughs> years, but I certainly could see, like, a couple days appeal of, like, you know, sure. being alone with your, your mm-hmm. thoughts. Now, like, you know, at this stage of the pandemic that we've all had a bit more solitude than maybe we wanted, I I find it harder to right. relate. <laughs> or easier to relate, but harder to, to want that uh, yeah. that mm-hmm. lifestyle. But yeah, it's I I recommend uh, it's a good one. And you had a second memoir for us? I did. So um so my other memoir is actually another celebrity memoir. Um as most women my age, I loved Dirty Dancing. I was I was probably nine or ten when it came out. Um, and Jennifer Grey recently released Out of the Corner, which um, does harken back to the famous line of nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> um, so what I did with this one was I had the text version and also the audio version at the same time. So I could read um, at home and then like if I was, you know, doing errands or, you know, doing the laundry or whatever, I would listen to her. Um, she narrates the book herself, which is really fun because it's, you know, it's a voice, you know, you know, like whether it's, whether it's Dirty Dancing or, um, I also loved her in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I was just going to say, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) Um, so, you know, it was great listening to her. Um, there were things about her life that, you know, I had forgotten, you know, I forgot that her and Ferris Bueller were a thing. Like she dated Matthew Broderick. They were going oh. to get married. I'd totally forgotten that. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. And she gets into this whole story of um, another thing I'd forgotten because I think when you're when you're younger, you just see them as these celebrities that, you know, like you just see what's ever in Teen Beat and Bop, you know, like you don't see what probably was in the newspapers, which was. Her um, and Matthew Broderick were in Ireland, and they get in a head-on collision, and two women die, and Matthew Broderick's driving, and then he is severely injured. She she is also injured, but not um, not particularly the right away. You know, like she's more in shock, and um, she has to get into that because it reverberates throughout her life. She has back problems and has to have surgeries and stuff because of this accident. And I was like, I don't remember this at all. But then, you know, when I started Googling it, it was all over the place. So it was just because of my age. I just knew her as, you know, I knew her as baby or I, you know, like or Jeannie. You know, I didn't know her as as a human, I guess. You know, like you kind of know what the PR machine is giving you and that's it. Um, So, you know, she she really gets into her looks and the nose job that made her basically unrecognizable. You know, like she's so different than she was in the late 80s. Um, but she she also is really interesting and endearing. Um, there was a lot of stuff about her early life that I had no idea about. Um, obviously, I knew her father is Joel Gray, who was on Broadway in Cabaret. Um, but I 
you know, I didn't know that she used to go to Studio 54. I didn't know that her best friend is Tracy Pollan, who is Michael J. Fox's wife. You know, like, so there were a lot of, like, interesting little things that now as an adult I'm able to appreciate. Um, and I did find it interesting that I've never watched Dancing with the Stars or the U.K. version of Strictly Come Dancing, but both my memoir picks are Dancing with the Stars winners. Oh. Jennifer Grey li- wins, and so did Niall DeMarco. So... I did not know that. Maybe secretly I do want to watch it and I just haven't. Yeah. It might be subconscious. But that was also um, that was also really good. I liked it. I will have to add that to my list because I have to admit, embarrassingly, until you just said it right now, I, I did not put together who Jennifer Grey was. <laughs> and I feel like I really should have because out of the corner is a big <laughs> hint. <laughs> but I think she, she does look a lot different than, she does. you know, mm-hmm. the... Really, only the two movies I know her from. Right. So. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for, yeah. for piecing those puzzle pieces together <laughs> for me. And she does talk about Patrick Swayze. So there is, like, she was in Red Dawn, which um, was was before Dirty Dancing and Ferris Bueller. And he was in that. And he was a jerk in that. And so that kind of spreads into Dirty Dancing. And so there have long been all these talks about how they didn't like each other. And it's because of Red Dawn. But it's... it's almost like Lennon and McCartney where, you know, like you kind of want them to be okay in the end and, yeah. and Lennon and McCartney were, but um, they do kind of get to a, um, they get to an understanding and she, you know, she does talk about that. So it gives you kind of some closure to the, to the Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey relationship that many people my age wanted. <laughs> we wanted that closure. We needed it to be okay. <laughs> Well, hopefully anyone my age listening is like, oh, that's who that was, that book. Because <laughs> now, of course, I know. <laughs> it, took, it took till now. <laughs> and we will watch it later. <laughs> oh. um, my third pick is a bit different, um, a bit of a different take. It's, you know, it's sort of like what's more off the beaten path than like, Narnia <laughs> or like <Yes>. Wonderland, <laughs> Neverland. <laughs> um, it's uh, Every Heart a Doorway uh, by Sean and McGuire. Um, it's a really slim uh, kind of fantasy novella. I, it's less than 200 pages. It's like yeah. you can rip right through it. I'm only <laughs> halfway through, that being said. <laughs> and like we were saying, you know, you, you always feel a bit of a risk recommending something you're in the middle of because. Oh, what if I hate the end? But mm-hmm. <laughs> but the premise is really fun. Um, it's essentially like, you know, what happens after, yeah. <laughs> you know, a young adult has come back from like a, a, a portal world for the last time. Like what happened to the Pevensey children when they came back from Narnia or, you know, Alice after Wonderland. Um, mm-hmm. So it takes place at this. It's called Eleanor West's Home for Wayward Children, um, and it's kind of like part boarding school, part like rehab center mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for these like kind of young teens uh, who have slipped through a door into the other world and kind of been spat back out to earth. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. Sort of the idea of, you know, maybe they don't just, you know, wake up and think, oh, what a charming dream. <laughs> like maybe they spend the rest of their lives looking for... Yeah. you know another door mm-hmm. <laughs> um so it's 
it's really witty. It's like sort kind of sardonic. Uh, you know, it is pretty dark. I would say it's a book written about teens, but like definitely written for adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, partly because it is very dark, and partly I think because it, I think you need a little bit of distance from being a teen to to enjoy um, yeah. some of the its takes on that time in your life. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. It's and very some, fun, and it's a little bit of a murder mystery too. There is mm-hmm. a there is a murder. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was just thinking, and you kind of need some distance to understand that why you might want to look for that door again. You know, yes, if you've yeah. gone into if you've gone into Narnia, you're like maybe you do think that's a charming dream, but when you're forty, maybe you think you know what life was better in the in the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe I need to go back. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although mm-hmm. I will say, like, as an adult reading this book, like, all of the wonder, like, wonderlands these teens have been to sound like just a nightmare. <laughs> like, they sound exhausting. <laughs> oh, like, good. <laughs> so I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's mm-hmm. it's just a really fun premise. And like I said, I'm I'm halfway through. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't blame me if the latter half of the book is just awful. I will <laughs> but, not. <laughs> but I, I thought it was a, a fun take on uh, Beyond the Beaten Path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting that we both came up with. So a lot of times you get the theme and then you're kind of like, what are we going to do with this theme? And I think so many people are thinking outdoors. And um, but we we have a few different ways to interpret it whether it's you know beyond the beaten path is a fantasy world or it's the woods or it's just something that you don't do as often you know and that was that was mine so i feel like you know we 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 really did a well-rounded way of interpreting beyond the beaten path yeah yeah today. it can just be kind of mm-hmm. beyond your your comfort zone yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so listeners should definitely, if you're listening to this in July when it's going to come out, uh, definitely check out our um, adult uh, July and August brochure. We yeah. do have, I would say, mostly the outdoorsy take. <laughs> on, we do. Um, yes. <laughs> on mm-hmm. the theme for some of our programming this, mm-hmm. this uh, summer. Um, we'll have people talking about different waterfalls you can check out in the white mountains Mm -hmm. um we'll have an author who kind of followed in the footsteps of uh thoreau throughout like all these walks around new england Mm -hmm. um did he ever write down a list of how much the twine cost i don't know we'll find (laughs) out always what i think of when i think of thoreau (laughs) (laughs) being in high school and being like so that's how much twine costs awesome (laughs) maybe um we'll also hear from a couple that uh kind of got into van life bought an rv and and went on a journey Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, that's intriguing yes yes Mm -hmm. so grab our uh summer reading brochure and um participate in the summer reading contest too we have uh so summer reading this year is all ages we explained it a little bit in our last podcast but just to remind everyone anyone of all ages can take part and all you have to do is uh every day that you read whether you read five minutes or you read five hours counts as a raffle ticket and um, it also counts towards your final prize. So if you read 15 days, you will get um, a book from the bookstore next door. You read 30 days, you get to choose between an ice cream or a handheld fan, which will help you while you are hiking beyond the beaten yes. path. 
Um, and then each day that you read, uh, you will get a raffle ticket for one of four fabulous prizes that we will do a drawing at the end of summer reading, which is mid-August. Yes, yes. So definitely um, we have so far almost 600 residents taking part, and we would love to get that number up even higher. Yes, so yes. please do join us. Yes, join us. And until next month, we will be uh, reading Beyond the Beaten Path. <laughs> Absolutely. <Bye. laughs> 